Hi guys, welcome to Brando and Joe. Today we have Allison Casey from Baruch. Say hi, Allison. Hi everyone, thank you for having me. So today, Allison, we just kind of wanted to have you on here, get an idea of what your school life looks like, your intern life looks like, and how you kind of ended up in I.O. So just looking at what we're talking to you about now. So you're at Baruch now, tell us how you got there. So Baruch was definitely my top choice for master's program because of its uh, price tag, honestly. So it was the most realistic option for me, and I'm so happy that it also carries a really good reputation. So I applied back in 2020, and I was accepted for fall 2020, but I wanted to kind of minimize how many remote semesters I would end up taking on. So I deferred my acceptance until spring 2021, and that resulted in um, me having to stay an extra semester. So I'm currently finishing out my final and fifth semester with Baruch. And yeah, that's how I got in. <laughs> and so you went to, or you're now there, and you went there for undergrad, or where did you go for undergrad? For undergrad, I was at SUNY New Paltz, which was such an amazing experience. Also, again, I chose a SUNY due to the price tag. Um, I'm really lucky that New York actually has some really decent programs with really good reputations, really good professors, all for something that's not necessarily going to break the bank. So I was able to concentrate in industrial and organizational psychology at SUNY New Paltz, which was great. That, that's awesome. And so SUNY New Paltz, I'm I'm not from here. I'm from Las Vegas, so I'm I'm getting a little bit accustomed to what's over here in New York. But I know, uh, give us a kind of an idea for the people who are listening who might not know, like what's that school like? What kind of or what program were you in? What what was it like for you there? Yeah, so SUNY New Paltz is a tiny little state college up upstate. It's really mid state of New York, but um, it's kind of by the farmland a little bit. Um, lots of farmers markets and stuff like that. A lot of hipsters and hippies, you know, it kind of has that reputation to it. But um, I immediately joined the honors program because I wanted to make the most out of my education and kind of take advantage of every opportunity that I could get. So jumped right into SUNY New Paltz, was really excited to meet everyone there because that's definitely my kind of tribe. I'm a very artistic and down to earth kind of person. And so I met a lot of really great people there. And then the ability to concentrate in industrial organizational psychology was fantastic because I was able to take an industrial uh, psychology course um, and do a, a senior thesis about an IO psychology topic. So I did it on flow and productivity. And then I was able to take an organizational psychology course with um, Mary Alice Satera, who worked at IBM for quite a while. So that was really exciting. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there was like a big sorority and fraternity life at SUNY New Paltz. So I joined a community-based sorority, Pi Phi Delta, where I became the president there. So that was also a great opportunity for me to kind of start getting involved in some of that organizational psychology stuff. <laughs> now, did they have like an actual IO major over there or was it just uh, courses? Just the concentration, so you were technically just a psychology major, but you were able to have different concentrations, which taking that concentration allowed me to end up signing up for the industrial and the organizational psychology courses. Whereas if I never signed up for that concentration, those classes wouldn't have really been suggested to me or on my radar. I wish I had that on my undergrad. It's actually really cool. Were you one of those people, though, who wanted to do IO the whole way? Like looking at that, it, it sounds like you did, right? 
Yeah. So when I was looking at programs when I was 16, so it's about 2014 in the timeline, I was definitely very interested in psychology. I was always kind of really interested in neuropsychology and all those other topics. Like I daydreamed about the day I could finally take AP psych and actually be taught some of these terms and like have that experience. So I knew psychology was where I wanted to go, but I also knew I never wanted to take the clinical route. I wanted to be a little bit more hands-on with psychology. So then when I ended up, so I stumbled upon ONET so early, probably like right when, I don't know, Um, but I stumbled upon ONET and I found out what industrial organizational psychology was and that it had a bright outlook. And I was like, okay, sold. I'm sold. So then I only started applying to colleges that had IO psychology programs. And I almost didn't even apply to New Paltz because they only had the concentration. I was looking to do a five years master's program, like where it's an expedited process. But ultimately, New Paltz was just the best option for me. So that's what I ended up doing. But after one semester of psychology at New Paltz, I was like, am I just diving into this a little bit too much? Maybe I should check out marketing. So I did a semester of marketing. And that was actually really good in hindsight because I got some of that business acumen that is still something that I'm looking to develop, um, but I wouldn't have gotten it otherwise if I didn't take that one semester of marketing and then ultimately decide that actually this is not what I want to do. I do not want to go into advertising. I'd actually very much like to go back to psychology. So that's what I did. Wow, that that's super cool. I you know I it's really interesting because it, it is an emerging field. So very rarely do you hear people our age who are kind of coming up and chose it the whole way through. A lot of people kind of either stumbled upon it. Like, Joe, what was your journey like when you were looking for I.O.? So I honestly didn't even know what I was until my senior year of undergrad. I was did like the usual psychology route. We were like, oh, maybe I'll do clinical. Maybe I'll do school. Um, thinking about like what master's programs to apply for. Uh, and I was I always tell people I was so close to applying to school psychology programs. And so I finally said, like, I really don't want to do this. Um, and then that's when IO just like came onto my lap and I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And I started doing the research. Um, I went on the PSYOP website and just kind of like, just looked around, try to like familiarize myself with uh, what IO is. Uh, and then I found Hofstra and I applied right away, um, got in. And then I was like, all right, because this is what I'm doing. This is, um, this is where I'm going to be for the next two years. But I, I do like it. I, it's one of the things where I feel like I'd find myself really excelling. And I feel like when I talk to other people in the IO program, they feel the same way where it's somewhere they're like, wow, I never, I always liked a little part of business, but I wanted to keep that psychology aspect. And then they found IO and they're like, this is perfect. It was like my perfect calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Brandon? Was it similar? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a little similar. I, I heard of it earlier on. I, I think I heard of it closer to freshman or sophomore year in college. So I had the business degree, or I got my undergrad in business management, and I did minors in psychology and HR. So I kind of like created my own IO degree, (laughs) because uh, I was looking at it for a while. And then COVID kind of hit and altered my plans a little bit. But then when I, when COVID hit, I was looking actually for MBA programs in sports management. Uh, And then I just decided maybe I should just look into some IO programs. But by the time that I decided to look into IO programs, Hofstra was the only one that was still accepting. So I applied to Hofstra and got in and moved across the country in three weeks. And uh, it was, and here we are now. It's kind of crazy because the field itself 
is definitely one of those things where, you know, it it's not that type of thing where you usually just pick it up. But I luckily kind of prepared myself for it in a little bit with like the business and the psychology that was it made it flexible for me, which was really cool. Um, and I feel like all of us kind of have this idea of wanting to help others which is something that we all kind of get from this field while we still get to do business and make a difference in a work environment and kind of see that side of the world. And I think it's kind of cool to get a blend of both because we all probably at some point were like not interested in clinical, but wanted the benefit of helping others in clinical. (laughs) I know that was what it was for me. I was like, I really want that, but I feel things too much and people's (laughs) sadness would make me sad (laughs) so (laughs) oh it was really hard to do that but i was like at least if someone's annoyed in the workplace i can try and fix that so i so now i guess we can kind of look at that for for you allison you're at baruch after suny newport and you're going through the program what kind of like work experience have you gotten in the io field now that you're working in the or doing classes in the field and stuff yeah, so when I was in SUNY New Paltz, I was a front of house bartender at a really popular restaurant in New Paltz, uh, Mountain Brow House. If you're listening to this and you haven't ever checked it out, go. And if you are like, oh, yeah, I love that place, go because um, it's just so good. But so I spent all of my time working there um, so that I could afford school and afford the rent that I was paying to live uh, nearby Canvas. And so unfortunately, I did not get any IO or even relevant school experience outside of the restaurant industry. So when I graduated, this was like a big slap in the face because I was like, oh, cool. Now I have my degree. People will want to give me entry level experience. And it was just so not the case at all. And I was so frustrated that in hindsight, I didn't do anything. But also at the same time, I didn't feel like I had a lot of opportunities being in kind of that farmland up there to do a lot of IO work. So I started doing, um, I was a teach, a substitute, a part-time teacher aid substitute for a school of children with autism. So I would like work alongside a kid who I was assigned to for that day, whose aid was out that day and I would work with them. So that was like the closest thing I got to some psychology related experience. And um, that's also what made going to Baruch such like a clear next step for me because I was realizing that none of my applications were even looking that good because I had nothing to talk about except some of my extracurricular experience. So going to Baruch was fantastic for me, but I was still struggling to find work because as you guys know, as everyone knows, in 2020, the pandemic happened and it became a lot harder to get a job. So my plan in like in February 2020 was to continue working as a part-time teacher aid substitute, continue working in the bar, uh, the restaurant industry, and kind of just figure things out as I could. But when I finally got that Baruch acceptance, I was like, oh my God, okay, fantastic. And then I got the opportunity to live in Brooklyn with my boyfriend's family so I could attend school rather than trying to find some place to live upstate. So all of that kind of fell into place, but I was still really struggling to find any work in summer of 2020. And then my friend from SUNY New Paltz reached out to me and she said that she was looking for some additional support of a startup that she was working at, Swimply, which is actually pretty popular now. It's an Airbnb for pools. So a great recycling idea. If you haven't done it, feel free to go check it out. They have an app. Um, But I was working seven days a week as a customer service representative, so it was extremely tiring. And I did that for um, about two months, I would say, until I was not able to do it anymore. And it was a seasonal position, so we had to go our separate ways. 
And I was still struggling trying to work at any of the companies I saw my friends working at. I was just putting in applications everywhere, but I was talking to a lot of people. So finally, eventually, I was able to get a referral for a position because they knew that I was job hunting. And when they opened up a talent management intern position, they said, I know just the person. I'm going to text her right now and I'm going to see if she's available. So I was able to go through the interview process for that role, the talent management intern role, which was such a perfect fit. However, even though I was referred, I didn't get that role, but I did get a recruitment intern role with a with the specific translations company who is an executive special projects team for an international translations company. And I was able to do a lot of recruitment work there um, and a talent management projects, which was my my first experience and such a great experience. I'm so thankful for it. Um, so I'll stop there because that was kind of like the the big way that I got into some of my IO related career experience. Um, so, yeah. Because so we're 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 helping out too. we want like people listening to kind of hear our experiences and kind of see what they can do to create their paths. And it's really interesting that it took you that long to find that IO related experience. I guess, could you kind of give Joe and I an idea of what that process, that interview process was like without the IO experience to build up and what you kind of did to overcome it? Mm -hmm, Definitely. Like looking back on some of my old cover letters, I literally shiver because I'm like, oh, that was so like embarrassing to write that. (laughs) But at the same time, I had nothing else to pull from. So I was just, I was making the best out of what I could. And so I'm proud of myself for that. Um, But definitely, uh, with the startup, I fortunately didn't have a very strong interview process because it was just a startup and my friend was referring me and she really needed the extra hands. And then I interviewed with um, the international translations company multiple times before getting the referral. So at this point, I had like a lot more of Intel going in. And so that is why networking is one of the things that I will always praise and say that you need to do if you want to get a job, because once you have that inside scoop on what the team is looking for and what the team has been doing it makes getting a job so much easier so i still had to pull on some of my extracurricular experience um, like being president of my sorority being member at large of my sorority which is kind of like a client mediator and then uh, also just pull pushing on any unconventional things that i did so working my way through college and paying for my housing scenario and doing all of that on my own um, while balancing the extracurriculars and the thesis that I was writing and the honors program. So being able to realize like when you were really pushing yourself and surprising yourself at how much you were doing, I tried really hard to pull on those stories and tell them as stories. So even something really small, um, one story, there was a worker who did not like me and I kind of turned that whole relationship around by just kind of killing her with kindness. I was just really nice, really supportive, really helpful. And and we ended up being friends. So I turned that into an interview story about how one time I worked with someone and it wasn't going well. And I was able to kind of be the underdog who ended up taking over her position when she left. Um, and then one time suggesting a template and then saying no, and then me holding on to it and then bringing up at a better time. So just thinking back to whenever I was being a little bit strategic. So even though it wasn't necessarily already in the corporate world and I was doing these things in like the restaurant industry, I still held on to those stories. So personally, I recommend also um, what I'm going to do for my next internship 
every day after work, I'm going to just do a little voice memo or a journal entry about some of the highs and the lows from that day so that it's a lot easier to pull on those stories when I'm doing my next interview process. So hopefully that helps. But yeah, I can elaborate on anything if you want. No, that's a that's a great idea because I I mean I think everybody can speak from experience when doing an interview and they ask you a question about, you know, what made you most successful in this role and you have that little point of like blackout and you're like, oh I no idea. <laughs> um so it sounds like super helpful. Uh but I wanted to ask you when you're applying to these roles, do you have a certain um position in mind, whether it's specifically in HR, specifically in recruiting or one of those, or were you kind of just mass applying and like I just want experience in a way? Yeah, back in when, so this was all happening in about 2020, 2021, I was applying to still trying to make sure that I kept my boundaries towards IO a little bit, um, but also would tend to let that boundary fall over. So would look for things like client services, which to me felt like IO, even though I knew I probably wouldn't be doing IO work. And then things like project coordinator, um, I'm trying to remember some of the other titles. I did a lot of HR coordinator roles, even though I'm not really particularly interested in going with um, HR. I kind of want to steer away from HR, but I figured that that was the best way to get my foot in the door. So now that I have a little bit more experience, I will say if you're trying to break into IO or HR or anything kind of within that people realm, I would definitely say recruitment is one of the best ways to get in because they're those kind of industries, whether you're doing in-house or outhouse recruitment, you're, you don't have to necessarily come in with industry-specific uh, knowledge or how to recruit. It's something that can be trained on the job and gives you a lot of experience to a lot of the different skills that you need to excel in something like IO. So highly recommend kind of if you're really struggling, looking for some recruitment coordinator roles. And that's also advice that I received about two years ago. So it's funny that it ended up working out that way too. And it's definitely brought you, um, I have to be honest, I stalked your LinkedIn a little bit and I saw um, your NASA internship, which is super impressive and honestly super interesting too. Um, can you tell us a little bit how you went from this past experience to your current NASA internship? Absolutely. So I was very happy in my talent management intern role, but of course I wanted to, one, not close my eyes to other opportunities. Um, and two, I wanted to make sure that even though I was happy with where I was, that I wasn't going to let my interview skills start slipping because I had only really had one successful interview. So I knew I needed more practice. Um, so I applied to a NASA job that I saw on LinkedIn. And I don't even really remember what the title was, but I ended up in their system thanks to this application. So then a month and a half later, I received this email from the intern coordinator of headquarters that wasn't necessarily a personalized in, uh, email, but it felt very personalized. And it invited me to an internship webinar where I could learn more about how to optimize my application and what to expect from the NASA internships. So I put that on my calendar. I was super, super excited. And it just felt really cool to have NASA in my emails. I was like, is this real? <laughs> um, but so, yeah, then I almost didn't even go to the NASA webinar because I think I was really, really tired that day. And I was like, what if I just do the recording maybe? And I was like, no, if I start slipping now, then it's kind of just telling the universe that I don't really want this. So I'm going to go. I'm going to get the most out of it. I'm going to take some notes. And when I went, I had such a good time because the culture was like so fun and bubbly. And I got to meet, um, I got to hear 
from one of the first IO psychologists to ever be hired by the government. I believe she was hired first by the FBI, uh, Elizabeth Wilsmetter, who I eventually got to meet a little bit more closely once I did one of my NASA internships. But so I got to hear from all these really awesome people, so and specifically an IO psychologist on this internship webinar. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. So now that I went to that webinar, I finally had the confidence to put in a more intentional and curated application. And um, they had also updated their system by now. So you were able to select more than just one application, um, one more, more than one job for one application. So I sent out a few and I got a few, I got three interviews back. And ultimately the first one that I was requested for is the internship that I'm starting in the spring. And it was the one that I wanted the most, but unfortunately they tend to pick PhDs and specifically it just wasn't my time in summer of 2022 or fall of 2022. So I didn't get that first one. I interviewed for another one with specifically Elizabeth Kolsmetter, but I did not get that one. But then I interviewed um, for a third one and I got that one basically immediately. And that was doing a DEI engagement strategy. So designing an engagement strategy basically from the ground up um, to help a program diversify their the sciences um, and their portfolio. So yeah, it was a really quick process and the interview process was not nearly the some of the craziness that you'll see in the corporate world where you know they have like six interviews for one role it was a little bit more streamlined and um not as difficult as some people might think that's wow. amazing yeah <laughs> never uh i think we had um there was a zoom session that our hofstra program talked about uh nasa but it's actually great to hear like firsthand experience about someone who went through the interview process definitely um, and then um if anybody is interested in the federal government and how you can use or pursue IO in the federal government, um, we Baruch's program, the Student Association, we specifically have a recording of Keila Pringle, who is an HRBP at NASA, um, t talking to our program a little bit about how she's been in the federal government for the past 10 years doing IO work. So if anybody's interested in that, um, I can definitely share the link with you guys so you can share it with your program or your listeners. Yeah, we'll have to uh, apply to that, Brandon. We gotta have our first IO podcast in space. Just work our way up. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We're gonna we're gonna do an episode everywhere. <laughs> That's super cool. So, like you were talking about some of the stuff that Baruch has. First, uh, before that, how many students do you guys have at Baruch? I think the last time in your I program in your program about one hundred and forty-six, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow! That's um. I think it's like triple the size of what we have at Hofstra, right? More Maybe. than triple, yeah. <laughs> you mean in both your first and second year or just in your year alone? Um, just the program itself. So unlike Hofstra, we don't necessarily do kind of um, the yearly thing. So for example, I'm in my fifth semester. So I'm not technically a first year or a second year. I'm like in my second and a half year. So it's it's kind of not really the same oh, okay. that Hofstra uses. Um, just because people can come in at different times of the uh, different times of the year, and they don't have to take the same courses at the same time, so people are a little bit more scattered around. So it's about 146 for the whole program of IO psychology at Baruch. What would you say the like engagement is like for with your classmates and like the culture that's kind of there? Like, do you guys interact? Because Baruch's a pretty big school, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So, I guess. 
one thing that I almost wish that Baruch could be better at is something that it's no fault to its own. And it's the fact that it's a commuter school. So people kind of come in and then they go to class and then they go home. And that's totally understandable because it's a commuter school. However, I do wish that there was a little bit more of a central community. Um, and so especially with the way that the pandemic has made it a lot easier for people to withdraw from social interactions, whether it be just taking completely remote semesters or just not really feeling as comfortable as they might have used to feel going out to things and saying yes to things. I feel like people go home a lot more and a lot quicker. Um, but as the vice president of the student association for the program, that's been a core goal of ours for the past two years to really offer opportunities that make people want to engage because we can't blame people for low engagement because um, it's understandable. But at the same time, it'd be really nice to, you know, have those face to face connections because every time we do an in-person happy hour or something, it's so fun. But um, it's totally understandable that people just kind of want to, you know, take the courses that they're paying for and focus on what else they have going on in their life. That's that's really it's really interesting because you're kind of telling us a little bit about it. I know Hofstra, we're a very small program every everything's in person you guys have remote options for classes too a little bit um so the director of the program he is not the biggest fan of remote in terms of the fact that he did not design a remote program so he's not going to convert the entire program into a remote style even though a few students do kind of prefer it his thinking is that i designed an in-person court uh program and that's the way that it's going to continue being. Um, but they do tend to offer a lot of either asynchronous options, which is remote and kind of working on your own, or professors will offer hybrid or completely remote opportunities. So it's not necessarily a program policy or anything. It tends to be, I guess, on the professor is what I'm gathering. Um, but I don't think it's something that will completely stay forever. But it might, it might. That makes sense. Like, are you guys all taking the same courses or can you kind of tailor your courses to what you want to focus on? Yeah. So at Baruch, you're able to take whatever courses you want. So for example, this semester I'm taking human resource analytics, whereas I could talk to another student who maybe started in spring 2021, just like me and is graduating May, 2023, just like me, but has never taken that course and has no intentions on taking that course. So you get to pick your electives and then there's a handful of requirements that everyone has to take, but you can take them whenever. So even for example, my friend, the president of the student association, uh, Jeff Sieve, he, you're supposed to take research methods before um, your thesis, but just because of the remote and the pandemic and all these things, different factors, he's not taking research methods until his final semester. So there's, even when there is policy in place, sometimes things have to get shuffled around a little bit. So are these courses that you're taking, are they mixed with other programs like will you have a, a student in your class that might be in like a different psychology or all the students in one course io psych students i would say that all the students in the courses are io psych students however um if you are interested in taking a course outside of the weissman io psych program at baruch college you can so for example my friend uh diksha um, is taking a course um, with the business school of Baruch to learn R and Python 
and everything. So that's not a course that our psych program offers, but the business program does offer it. So she's able to take it through Baruch, but with that program. Oh, okay. Because for us, it's just pretty much like pre-registered classes. Like we know exactly what classes we're going to take each semester. And what do you say, Brandon, like 15 kids in our class? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's all like, like every, every class that I have in this next semester, like I know all the kids in my class and um, every, like every single time and whatever it's going to be. Oh, but it, it is cool. I like that idea of being able to choose like your own elective and, you know, I would always wanted to learn or I didn't get to learn in my undergrad, um, but that your friend is able to just take a class outside is super interesting. Sometimes we get a little, like I personally am a little jealous of Hofstra's system just because it's so streamlined and you really become really close friends. But to what you were saying, um, there is a lot more uh, opportunity to explore. And I think that also speaks to kind of that commuter pick it, make it your own experience of Baruch. So if making it your own is something that you want to do, then Baruch is a great option. And that's why I feel like it's been a really good option for me because I'm someone who just makes the most out of any opportunity that I can. So I've been just piling up everything that I can do at Baruch. And for me, that has made it a great experience, but I can understand how somebody else could go. And if they don't take the initiative to take that R course or to join the student association, they might not enjoy it as much. And maybe Hofstra might be a better option for them in that case. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. Like at Hofstra, we have, you know, for somebody who moved across the country, like I would say that if like for our for our viewers and listeners, it's something for me, like I was able to really grow in this community and meet a lot of people when I knew absolutely nobody here. And I think that if I went to Baruch, it, it could have been a difficult situation for me personally, because like a lot of people are coming and going and you don't really know anyone here, but I'm at Hofstra and I've already met so many amazing people and kind of became part of this family real quick. And we all kind of joke and call it the trauma bond. But <laughs> the fact <laughs> is, is like when I'm out here now uh, and only being here for four months, it's kind of crazy that the community of the school itself kind of helped helped me personally build that. I, and I know, Joe, you went to Binghamton first, but like, would you say you kind of feel that with Hofstra too? It was definitely so nice having like a, a very involved cohort. Um, I know we talked about it in our program, how I was thinking like, oh, you know, I have some friends at home. I'll just go to my master's program. I'll take these courses, look for internships, and then I'll go home. Like I wasn't really thinking much of the social aspect of it. Um, but who would have known that I, I would have met Brandon, um, and a whole bunch of other people in our cohort that like became really good friends with, uh, and it, it's beyond the social aspect of it too. It's been super helpful, like talking about what we want to do, um, how we apply and just helping each other out, uh, which is tough. Not, I shouldn't say the word tough, but coming from Binghamton, it was, it wasn't a huge school, but it definitely wasn't a small one. Um. I have like some of my close friends uh, and then you don't really talk to many people outside. Uh, so it's definitely a bit of a change, like meeting a whole bunch of people with like the same idea mm-hmm. doing IO. Yeah. And we're all kind of a resource for each other too, which is really cool. And I, and I'm sure that you feel that too at Baruch and I, and honestly the entire IO feel just whether at in like in the city of New York, I feel like we're all kind of helping each other out, trying to grow the field. That's what Joe and I are trying to do. That's, why we're having you here and I know like there's professional organizations like 
uh, we saw you over at, uh, at the Metro events, like going to those types of things and kind of just growing the program itself. Like what, what are your thoughts on those types of things, whether it's Metro or PSYOP? Like, do you, do you, are you part of those? Do you plan, are you going to PSYOP? Like what are, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that has been my favorite part about doing IO in New York City specifically because it's such a fantastic hub for IO psychologists. I, of course, have not lived in another big urban city, so I can't really compare it to anything, but it really does feel like this is um, with all the different programs around, we're all just really in the mindset of you are going to be my future coworker, and therefore I want us both to do as best as we possibly can. So me and my student association board, we have a group chat with the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn IO program student association. We have one with your a Hofstra student association. Um, so just kind of inviting each other to some of these events and kind of organizing our attendance at something like Metro or PSYOP has been one of my favorite experiences because I feel like a lot of really beautiful things happen when people decide to come together especially so many like-minded people who are interested in, you know, helping other people, especially transforming something as historic as work and what that experience is like. Um, and so specifically, yes, I love Metro. Metro has been a great addition to my experience so far, especially because they were staying strong throughout the pandemic. So going to some of those virtual events during a time of kind of tough isolation, I thought that was really helpful. Also, I kind of miss... Um, the IO Coffee House, but they're uh, they're they're still working on it. Um, I believe her name is Jasmine Kelly. Uh, she's still working on trying to keep that community going. So if that's if that's something that you took part in and you forgot about it, definitely check her out. Um, and then Psyop, of course, I'm so excited for Psyop. I already have my reservation reserved. I have my hotel. I have my train ticket. I know who I'm sleeping with and I'm super excited. And I'm also rallying my group, my program to feel more comfortable and, um, interested in attending Psyop. So, uh, we are actually coordinating, uh, in info session with the, with our professors who have attended multiple times, um, Basically, they go every single year. So we're going to have about three or four professors speak to our program. It's going to be recorded for anyone who can't watch it immediately, but it is going to be specifically for Baruch students. So unfortunately, we're not opening it up to other people, but um, maybe the recording would be helpful for you. But I'm really excited to kind of rally everyone around that to get them all to go there because I think it's really exciting when everybody comes together and they're just excited to talk about research and stuff. I know we haven't never been to PSYOP, but I'm so excited to meet people from other programs. Um, I know we talked to someone else from a different IO program um, and they're going to PSYOP. And I can't wait to like bring everyone together and just talk about our different uh, experiences. And for someone who's never been, uh, I heard so many great things about it, especially from our professors too. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, so from what I understand is that you can go to different um, lectures, I think they range like all the way from the morning all the way to night um, about various topics. Do you uh, pack your day full of lectures or like how do you like schedule out your day? So I actually haven't gone to PSYOP yet, so I'm not really sure what to expect, but I am going with someone who has already gone, um, Beth Traver. Uh, she will be going again. And I'm also going with someone who went virtually last year. So I'm hoping to get some tips from them. I don't think I'll pack it specifically because um, through some of my research, 
I found that it seemed like people wanted more breaks, so they integrated more breaks into the program planning. So I think um, kind of like you don't want to overwhelm yourself at a museum. I don't want to overwhelm myself at a conference. So I'm not going to put too much on my plate and I'll, I'll leave some space for some free roaming. Um, yeah. Hopefully we could uh, merge groups. Absolutely. We're going to be trying to put together some after hours stuff uh, because Baruch also has their PhD program and also an executives program. So they have a lot of different uh, IO kind of people coming in from the city who will probably be at PSYOP. So we're looking to kind of just bring all that together. So you guys are definitely more more than invited to whatever we end up doing. Oh, that's awesome. We, yeah, we, Joe and I have been joking about maybe doing a podcast episode at PSYOP. So <laughs> maybe maybe we'll have you show up back on when we're over there. Get, get Have you say hi to everybody again. Uh, I guess we just kind of wanted to wrap things up here and uh, kind of just give you the floor to tell us and tell the viewers any projects, anything you're working on, anything you're excited about. I know you said you're graduating in May. That's super exciting. Uh, but anything that you've got going on research or work-wise that you wanted to like kind of just hype yourself up about for a second? Oh, thank you. Um, let's see. So by the time that this comes out, I will already be closing out my um, recruitment for participants of my research study, but that means that we'll be doing the data analysis. So I'm really excited for Baruch's capstone uh, thesis to be done. I'm working on a group project about individual differences and how it influences their perceptions and their appraisals of different work environments and different leadership styles. So stay tuned for that. If that sounds interesting, you'll find it on my LinkedIn profile. And then um, lastly, the thing that I'm really excited about is to start my organizational development specialist internship with NASA. I'm going to be working on uh, applying and integrating future of work recommendations from some previous experiments that have been taking place at NASA. So I'm really looking forward to collaborating with a bunch of other IO psychologists to do that because this is that internship that I mentioned I wanted all the way back in uh, summer of 2022. So finally, I was able to get selected for it. So I'm so happy to actually get some of that hands-on consulting experience before di uh, graduating. And then lastly, I just want to mention that even though I did experience a little bit of imposter syndrome here or there at NASA, ultimately working with so many other, first of all, a lot of interns, NASA has a huge internship program, but also the diversity. So just wherever they come from or what they studied or what their interests are, you will meet so many different types of people at NASA and specifically as NASA interns that... I feel like anyone who wants to do a NASA internship absolutely can do one if they really commit to the steps that are required. There's not just internships for astrophysicists. It's also communications, anthropology, geosciences, IO psychology, which was a huge surprise to me. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, definitely don't knock yourself out first. Definitely give it a shot and see see what happens. Absolutely. That was um. Thank you for telling us all about your past experience, yeah, um, you. especially your NASA internship. That was, can't lie, that was something I was really looking forward to. <laughs> of course, definitely. Yeah, it's been a great experience. I recommend it for sure. Great. Um, well, thanks for coming on, Allison. Uh, you showed us a lot of great things, told us about, uh, a lot of amazing things that you've done in the past. Um, and hopefully we'll see you at some of these future conferences. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we're even planning. Uh, yeah, we're planning so many things. So we can definitely 
keep in touch um, because we want to have a lot more in-person stuff as the spring happens. So, so let's stay in touch. Let's maybe do another Central Park cent- uh, hub or whatever we wanted to call that. Um, and yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Allison, for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. And it was really good catching up with you guys and meeting you, Joe. I don't think we met yet, right? Uh, no, I wasn't at that Central Park one, but I'll be at the future Metro events. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thanks for asking and nice catching up with you guys. Yeah, take care, Allison. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening. It was really great having Allison on our podcast. Um, She did some amazing things with her internships. Um, I think everyone would benefit just listening to how she got her past experiences up and running. Um, for those who want to do uh, a little more research into what she's done, or maybe chat with her yourself, uh, we're going to put Allison's LinkedIn in the description. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, Brandon? Yeah, no, I just, I thought it was super interesting. Um, it's really cool when we have these other students from other programs on the show, because they can kind of give us an insight to what they do. Cause I know that you and I research these programs like crazy, but the fact is there's, she's telling me things that I never even I never even knew about Baruch when I was looking up the program too. So it's really cool to hear. Uh, You get kind of like a personalized experience when you're talking to other students, but also uh, just hearing her path and how she kind of created her way in and got her foot in the door. It was kind of interesting and it gave me a lot of hope too uh, with not as much IO experience yet. So it it was really cool to hear. No, yeah, I totally agree that you can only get so much from reading program descriptions on their website. Um, hopefully we can get more people from different programs or IO programs uh, have a, their perspective. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you at the next podcast.